vampires, werewolves, a human named Stu, and a sociopathic film crew. We watch what we do in the shadows, and this is what we had to say. Viago, Deacon, and Vladislav are vampires who are finding that modern life has them struggling with the chore wheel, trying to get into nightclubs, and overcoming flatmate conflicts. It's our not so Halloween special, everybody. Welcome. Woo! Woo! So, joining me this week is Sasha Reed, Andrew Grayson, Joseph Boone, and very exciting, it's our very first guest of the season. Here to talk about our upcoming film, Charlotte, we've got co-creator and Charlotte herself, Georgia Conlon, and co-creator and director, Martin Hardwick. Nice to meet you guys. Thanks for coming on. Hey! There's no audience to to welcome you with a clap. (laughs) So, we look forward to talking to you all about Charlotte later on the show, but of course you've got to start through our chat, I'm afraid, and play some games, <laughs> and then you can, and then you can uh, talk all about Charlotte later on. So, I'm going to throw things straight across to Sasha, because Sasha, this is this is your pick. You know, this, this, this is your choice for the film yes. for this season, so why this film? Tell us. Okay, I just think it's, first of all, it's a good contrast to what we've just done. So it's a, it's a bit more comedic, a bit more fun. Um, and also, like we said, it's a nod to Halloween. Halloween's just passed, as well as like um, Bonfire Night and stuff. So I thought it'd be quite cute. Um, also, I've always loved Flight of the Concords, and I think like watching their stuff kind of led me more to watching some like Taika Waititi kind of things. And it turned out that like not long ago, I was watching an episode, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is Taika Waititi directed my favorite episode of Flight of the Concords." So it's like there's more and more things that I kept seeing that he did that I really enjoyed. Um, also, I think Flight of Concords and what we do in the shadows have got very similar kind of senses of humour. Um, it's like dry, awkward, and the characters you just they're so ridiculous, but you just love them and you want to keep watching and seeing what they're going to do next and what kind of mischief they're going to get up to. Um, so yeah, uh, I thought that was kind of a, a main reason. Also, they're the most least intimidating vampires you've ever seen in your life. So <laughs> it's funny to watch that and see what goes down. Also, I like the fact that like Taika Waititi and his gang, like kind of like Reese Darby, um, whatchamacallit, uh, Jermaine Clement, Brett McKenzie, all of them, they're all kind of, they've got like their wee kind of gang and they do a lot of similar things. Whereas you've got like Adam Sandler stuff and Will Farrell stuff and it's really nice to see a bit of a different type of comedy and more of that's coming out now so I wanted to maybe talk a bit more about that as well. So I thought this would be a good choice and let's go for it. Awesome, awesome. Andrew, I believe you're a first timer for this film so we are now calling this the Spirit Special on the show. (laughs) As uh, For those of you who don't know, Paul Spirit is one of the co-hosts on the show, he's not on the show this week Uh, and I hired him and we've come to discover lately that he's seen basically no movie ever. So, <laughs> so, so Andrew, tell us what your first thoughts about this film then. It's it's the first one we've reviewed I really enjoyed. There we I go. I love this film. I didn't, I'm not surprised that I liked it. I love Taika. Like, obviously, I've seen a lot of his films. We've done The Vote. We like Thor Ragnarok and Jojo Rabbit. He also directed one of my favourite Mandalorian episodes in the first season. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I had so much fun with this. Me, my wee brother, and my dad watched it. Um, it's my sense of humour. It's daft. It's goofy. I thought there was a good mix between, like, with the special effects and stuff like that. Like, some of it was really like goofy and laughable, but then there was some really nice, legit scary moments. Like, there's one part when he's in uh, Nick's and telling everyone he's a vampire, and the guy goes, "Oh, show me a trick," and he goes. <laughs> proper vampire and it's terrifying it was actually quite scary but no thoroughly enjoyed it and I'd, I'm now desperate to actually watch the TV series that's um, spun off from this oh yeah definitely yeah we'll, we'll talk we'll talk more about the TV series a little bit later on yeah and see what people think of both of those yeah definitely would recommend or definitely recommend it's really really good uh, mm-hmm. Joseph had you seen this film before or is this uh, multiple, you multiple times multiple, multiple times yeah. it is one of my favourite comedies um, if you can, if you want to class it as a comedy, um, I've got it sort of. It's like a, it's a comedy slash mockumentary slash coming of age film, really. If you want to kind of think of it that way, it's just it's it's mockumentary styles are one of my favourite things, just because I love the how it feels quite improv because the film was basically improv'd, um with like loads of hours shot, but that's a, a fact that you can tell later. Um, and I, I love how it's that, you know, over-the-shoulder camera perspective and you're catching people in these really awkward, intimate moments that are not scripted. And it works so well to completely subvert the whole vampires are these big, evil, kept in the shadows, sometimes, like, you know, really alluring and sexy creatures, but they're just these three Muppets that live in a flat together. <laughs> And it, it works so well. And I, even though this was like my fourth time seeing it, I was still howling with laughter mm-hmm. at uh, certain bits. And there's some bit like, like you're saying, Andrew, like the, the jump scares, they do still get you. And it's, I think it's, it's got that perfect blend of comedy, lightheartedness, quite serious tonal moments as well. And that sort of underlying uh, fear factor as well. Awesome. Uh, George and Martin, so welcome to the show. First time seeing this film or... Is this one that you've enjoyed in the past, or what? What your first this time? morning? Yeah, we watched it this morning. Never heard anything about it. It reminds me of um, a little bit Marty Bush kind of yeah. tone to it. Yeah. Um, I remember Flight of the Concords when they used to do the just the stand up and stuff like that. But I've not seen anything of the show or anything like that since. I just remember their musical stand up stuff from ages ago but yeah it was really good yeah I think I didn't expect it to be um a mockumentary so as soon as like broke the fourth wall I was like yes because we are obsessed with mockumentaries aren't we like and it was like just so different I think because I've seen a lot of Tiger's work but more recent so I see you saw Ragnarok and then Jojo Rabbit um so Already, I knew it was going to be a comedy because I think that's kind of his style. But when it was a mockumentary, I think, yeah, it's just fully improv. But I think when you've got actors that are going to just completely commit to it, you just feel relaxed watching it because you just like you, you know it's not going to be like cringe that kind of cringy. It's just not funny because you kind of know a history of his work, and then once you just see them go fully committing to it the first three minutes in, you're like, all oh, right, I can relax and just enjoy this now. Um, but yeah, we really enjoyed it. I absolutely loved the werewolves. Oh my God. <laughs> yes, <laughs> werewolves. I couldn't hear you. Yeah. I was like, I have werewolves as werewolves. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Oh, well, apparently that spin-off film was 
in development, kind of, uh, <laughs> apparently it's titled uh, We Are Wolves. So, so <laughs> or, they, or they love it, or they love it. Yeah, so uh, hopefully that goes ahead when things get all back to normal. I think that's one of his next projects that's coming up for that spin-off, which would be great. I hope they do get uh, Anton. What's his name again, the guy who played Anton? Uh, uh, Rhys Darby. Rhys Darby, yeah. Oh, yeah. Darby. I love him. He's yeah. awesome. He was, really, he was really funny in this role, for sure. So I hope we'll get him back. But yeah, definitely. We mentioned there uh, Taika, obviously. Taika's just completely blown up in the past uh, few years with like Thor and, and Jojo Rabbit. But obviously, for him, it's been a gradual process. This film, this film was made in 2014. This film was originally, I think, a short film a long time ago. They were trying to make this film for about nine years, I think. Does this one. And obviously, he got some success in New Zealand with things like Boy and Hunt for the Wilder People and all these kind of films. So it's quite interesting to for us, actually, especially at this level that we're at now, with the ones who are we're all emerging filmmakers and actors and writers and all these things. So it's great, I think, actually, to finally see someone, the progression of someone. Because I think a lot of the times you see people just burst onto the scene or you've never heard of them until like, they do one big film or you don't really know much about them. But for Taika, for me, anyway, for, for sure, I can actually trace his journey as a filmmaker from way back to all the way where he is now. And I think with these films, you see it's one of his films. He's got just a, a just a, such a fingerprint on, on, on all these films and you know it's one of his. And I just wanted to open the floor to everybody. Just, did you notice anything in particular? Because you were mentioning George and Andrew as well. You were mentioning Tiger's later work that you're more into. Um, Thor Ragnarok, for example, did you see any similarities between those films and and the film this one? I think I think there's like an like an underlying just it's just fun. Whenever you watch anything that he's got his fingerprints on, there's always just an element of fun in it. Um, Thor, me being a massive Marvel Marvel fan, the first couple of Thors I enjoyed, but when you get, got to Ragnarok, the character just took on a completely different thing he just became he became a fan favorite at that point because you he used chris hemsworth's comedy chops he brought out characters like the hulk and made him funny he wasn't just something that was just going to smash a building and then when you take jojo rabbit you're taking obviously vampires aren't real but like you take a serious subject and he just puts a fun spin on it we're sitting watching vampires arguing about doing the dishes <laughs> <laughs> Throwing a masquerade ball, this is one of the bits I laugh my head off at. You're throwing a masquerade ball at a bowling club. I was <laughs> wet myself when they came round the corner and it was like, oh, Victorian Victoria's bowling club. I was nuts. So it's just this idea where you can take things like Jojo Rabbit, very, very, very serious subject. And that was such a fun movie and it had emotional parts and really serious parts. But you just seen, even when you hear the actors talking about him as a director, they always say so much fun. He's, um, he loves a bit of improv. He always likes to add a bit of levity to the set. I just think when you look through his body of work, the big thing for me is it just looks so much fun. It would be a set that you would love to be a part of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think as well with like Ragnarok, um, him like with Loki and Thor, he did a lot of improv comedy with yeah. them, like the, the play dead kind of thing that they did in it. <laughs> and I think that's one of my favourite parts of the film because I'm like a huge Marvel fan. Like, and Ragnarok to me was very much like, you know, listening to the audience of today and what they like, and they like realism, but obviously it's Marvel, so it's going to be special effects and superheroes, etc. But those little bits of comedy, it was really like evident. And I think 
that's why that's one of my favorite Marvel films from that. Yeah. And then when you look into it and you see the behind the scenes of them just improv in it. And um, when he's talking about like that snake that came off <laughs> and it's so different takes of it. And it's like, you can just tell that that was the, you know, the director's choice to be like, well, you know, just give it what you want. And then it gives that actor who's played the role for so long, he's not restricted in that kind of, well, you know, this is what I am, this is Thor, this is kind of my my boundaries. Mm. And just let him play with it, which then shone through. Because then when you're watching it, you're enjoying it. And I think that, you know, in Taika's work, it is very improv-based, but still, like you said, it has serious elements and touching elements to it. So it's not just all like, you know, the mockumentary style. Um, but I think, yeah, I think you can see his journey from where he's kind of started. And I think with, you know, the film that we're talking about, he, you know, it's it's kind of a niche kind of audience. I think you either love it or you hate it. And I think he's just committed to that. And he's not changed to what the Hollywood standards are. So in his films now, you know, he's doing the big Hollywood, Hollywood films, but there's elements of him in it. So he's staying true to his style throughout and I think he's just not let somebody go no I don't think that's a mockumentary about vampires probably not going to work but he's gone for it anyway and I think that's why he is where he is now because he's just completely gone and it's different and you can tell one of his pieces automatically by the comedy and the uh, bits of improv I think so yeah it does give you hope as a I filmmaker think, I think in, well. I think bits of improv and comedy in, in any film makes it more real yeah there's, there's comedy in in any situation, like we've, we've sort of experimented with that, haven't we? We've got bits, even though it's a really dark drama, drama thriller that we do. Yeah. We put little bits of comedy in there and, and a lot of it is... It feels more improv. real, yeah. Yeah, and I think it just makes, I think, I don't know, just improv especially just makes things more realistic because you word things as you do in real life and stuff like that. So I think anything like that has a set, even if it's not been improvised, if it's got that sort of feel to it, it always like makes makes things a lot more real feeling. Yeah. It makes you get lost in the story better, I think. Yeah. <clears throat> definitely, definitely. Uh, so that brings me to the first fun fact here about this film is I Joseph, you were kind of alluding to it already, but a hundred and twenty-five hours of footage was shot for this film. That's how much improv we've done. Hundred and twenty-five hours. <laughs> and it took them nearly a year. To edit it all down to that hour and a half film that we spent. Oh so that is literally <laughs> like what what a fun what a fun experience that must have been though as an actor just to kind of just go out and just have, have fun and improvise and well, honestly that'd be so much fun to do. Uh, so should we play our first game? I think I think we should play our first game. So we are obviously on a Halloween special here. So all, all the games are Halloween themed. We're going to start with one of these. It's not like the others. <laughs> right. Okay. So, since we're talking about vampires, I decided to have a wee look through the, the web and figure out what celebrity actually hasn't played a vampire. So, I've got four people here, and you need to tell me who you think has not played a vampire. Nope. Okay. So, we're going to start with the, this is like the ladies of the acting world. So, there's Sharon Tate. There's Grace Jones, there's Angelica Houston, and there's Monica Bellucci. So I'll say it again. There's Sharon Tate, there's Grace Jones, there's Angelica Houston, 
and Monica Bellucci. So who has not played a vampire? This is not my game. This is <laughs> <laughs> I know, I was like, whoa, what? Yeah, what? It's quite fun looking up, to be honest. Didn't Angela play the witch, that granddaughter witch in Witches? Yeah, that, yeah, she's played a witch, uh huh? She's played a witch. Yeah. <laughs> she's played I'm just thinking if she's played a vampire, so I'm even thinking that that might be the confusing. Like, <laughs> the red hair, the red hair, Maybe, maybe her. Hmm. I've got no idea. I, 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 I don't know if any of them have played a vampire. I think, I think for me, honestly, I have no idea completely. No, no. Three of them have played one and one hasn't. So you, I think, Martin, you are the closest and I think you are correct. And <laughs> uh, yeah, Houston, she's not played a vampire. The rest of them have. Um, actually, an interview with the vampire that the director kind of was thinking maybe we could switch and do gender, like switch the genders for two women to play it instead of two men, because it was Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt. And um, that was a wee chat that they had, but eventually the writer was like, no. So, but um, Angelica Houston and um, Cher were up for the running for doing that. So that would have been quite interesting to see that as a film. <laughs> um, I've got another round if you fancy. Yeah, we need to redeem ourselves here, right, Andrew? Okay, so these are the gentlemen. Which one has not played a vampire? So we've got Pedro Pascal, we've got Nicolas Cage, we've got John Travolta, and we've got Luke Wilson. Surely Cage has played a vampire. Yeah, and Travolta is a vampire in real life, so... (laughs) Oh... I'm, 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 I'm leaning towards Pedro Pascal. Yeah. So you don't think he's played a vampire? I don't. Mm. I'm, and I'm you guys think that Nicolas Cage has? I'm going to go. Surely. I'm going to say Travolta hasn't. Okay. No. Oh, I'm I'm this is fun I'm watching. So. Yeah, um, Andrew is correct. Yes. John Travolta, although people think he is a vampire, has not played a vampire. But wow. another fun fact about Interview with the Vampire is that they actually had written a full script based with him playing one of the characters on it. Um, but yeah, you know, Pedro Pascal actually played a, 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 a vampire in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So he did. <laughs> oh, I should have known that as well. Yes. <laughs> So yeah, that was quite, because I, I genuinely thought um, John Travolta would have played a vampire and I was like trying so hard to make sure I was finding everything and, and then it just kept being like, no, he is a vampire. And I'm like, no, 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 has he played a vampire? That's what I need to know. Whether or not he is is different. <laughs> so yeah, that's my my little game for you guys. Disaster on my part, geez, honestly. I just think just hosting the game from now on. Right. So, we talked a bit about how it's a very unique take on a very, let's face it, overdone genre, this film. What we did in terms of very, like, even a mockumentary as well. They're both quite things that have been done a lot in different in different ways. But he's found this unique way of doing it. He's, he's found this unique way of putting a spin on the vampires on it, especially in this time. This is, this is 2014, I think, when this film was made. And they were actually even concerned. Jermaine Clement and Taika Waititi were actually concerned because they were been trying to make this film, as I said, for nine years. 
And over that time, Twilight came out, and then that big massive burst of all these kind of films started to come out. So they were getting a bit concerned, like, is, is this just going to fall through the cracks? But because it's such a unique take on it, that's why I think it's successful. And also it's now pretty much a cult mm. hit, I would say for sure. But just out of interest, what's everyone else's favourite other takes on vampire films and TV shows? Anyone, anyone got any kind of standout shows or, t- or, or films that they really like in terms of how vampires are being portrayed on screen? Oh, I'm not really a big horror person. The one that comes to mind that I've watched probably more than others, and I think it's considered not to be a very good film, is Van Helsing. <laughs> um, oh, Van Helsing! I thought Van Helsing was great. We've got to do that film one day. Yeah. Oh. I think my, my favourite take has got to be the Castlevania Netflix series. It's not film per se, but it, it's animated, and I think it, it stays true to the, the genre it's um, trying to emulate. But also, it's it's kind of what what we do in the shadows does well it's not focusing on it's this is not a vampire film this is not man versus vampire to save woman sort of thing it's it's a this is a vampire versus the environment it's in and i think that's what what we do in the shadows does really well and that's kind of a similar sort of thing with castlevania what's that tarantino film called dust till dawn well yeah that was really i ended up watching that by accident so it just started (laughs) And so I didn't know anything about it. And then just seemed like a normal Tarantino film. And then all of a sudden, the vampires are everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> no, I always thought that was a, like a Western. And then eventually I watched it and was like, oh, I was very wrong. <laughs> so, you know, I liked them. Um, I like Bram Stoker's Dracula. My mom had it on videotape when we were younger. And she's like, eh, don't. Because I kept saying, oh, can we watch that? And she's like, no, 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 you're too young to watch it. And I'm like, oh, please, can we just watch it? And she's like, no. And one time she was out and me and my wee brother were like, we just watch it. Put it on and we're absolutely distraught. And we're like, what is going on here? <laughs> <laughs> we watched that movie and she's like, right, I told you. <laughs> can we sleep with the light on? And she's like, they're not real. And I'm like, I don't know my <laughs> so I think that's why that just sticks in my head forever. And also Gary Oldman's in it. Like, oh, Jesus, what could you not love about that? So well, I uh, I love I love uh, being human. The TV the TV series back in the day. The, the oh, yeah, that was good. Yeah, I loved that show. Absolutely loved it. I love I love the way they portrayed the vampires as the, the kind of the, like the addiction and like the quest to find that balance between being falling into that evil way of being a vampire or trying to, as the story suggests, being human. Um, yeah, I loved it. And I loved uh, H- Herrick. Uh, Jason Walker's performance is just incredible. That's one of the performances that actually inspired me uh, to be an actor back in the day, actually. And to play, as I get usually cast, as all these psychopathic, horrible people roles. Uh, so, yeah, so... <laughs> My typecasting is that. So yeah, so yeah, I, I loved, I loved the performance. I love, I love just the, the, the evil with a twinkle that, that, he, that he brought to it. Absolutely brilliant. And I love Jason Watkins in general. Just he, he's brought in everything. Just I'd, I'd, I'd watch him in everything. Uh, so I'm going to call there for part one. Join us for part two as we discuss more about what we do in the shadows and play a few more games. Well, the part two. So. Here we go. Let's talk about Stu. We've got to talk about Stu. The, the <laughs> <laughs> he has got to be one of my favourite comedic characters in the film. He's definitely he's definitely up there. He's in the top top ten for sure. And um, 
The best thing, though, the fun facts surrounding Stu are absolutely amazing. I I thought the the, the face-off episode <laughs> was going to be the best fun facts, but honestly, nothing prepared me for this. I was crying with laughter reading like through interviews with this guy, him and Jermaine Clement doing the press for this, and just learning all about this man. So, Stu, right? Not an actor. Not an actor. Stu actually is what you see in the film. Stu is a computer analyst guy. <laughs> and that's actually who he is. That's his, that's his real life uh, job. He's a part-time computer analyst, right? So, so the story goes, I'm, I'm piecing together all these things from what I've been reading, but the story goes that Stu was Taika's roommate back in the day, right? And he gradually was helping Taika with all these films and stuff. He was, he was coming on and being a runner, he's been a production assistant and all these things. And I think for this film, Taika was like, here's a coffin, can you store it in your room? And he was like, yeah, okay, no bother, yeah. And then <laughs> he was an extra in one of Taika's earlier films, Boy. He had like a four or five second cameo in that. And he got hired onto what we do in the shadows. Now this, I think, epitomizes Taika Waititi and Jermaine Clement here. So apparently, this is, this is what I've read, apparently they told him that he was coming on to be like a tech guy behind the scenes doing all the, doing all the computer stuff, the crew stuff, <laughs> being, being, being a runner and all these things. And he might get like a small cameo in the film. <laughs> so Stu rocks up on the set and they go, oh, no, 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 you're a main character. On you go, <laughs> on you go, get in, get in, get in. Get in. Yeah, like not only your main character, like number five on the call sheet on the poster, he had absolutely no idea. Rocks up and he gets shoved in there. But this is the thing, as we, as we were saying before, in this situation, it works because of the improvisation of the whole thing, and it, it's a natural feeling. And for Stu's character, right, he's us. He's 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 the audience. He's the, he's the normal person in this environment where he's just like, what the hell's going on the whole time? And that that, that that's. That's who we are, and that's who you identify with. That's who you empathise with. So you do have this warm feeling towards them, and it, oh, I just absolutely love the character. And um, what do, what do we think about? Well, you can t- tell me about Stu, of course, but what do you think about Stu, and also just the other performances in the film itself? Because obviously, uh, Jermaine Clement had been around for a little bit. Taika had done a bit as well, um, acting wise. But what do you kind of think of all the kind of performances in the film? Open the floor to anybody. It's it's uh, just. I love- uh, Oh, yeah, oh, on you go, Sasha. On, on you go. You go. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I think I think it's cracking. I I think the just Stu himself is just you can see he's just awkward and just like he's really just not sure what to do. But that lends itself to the you know the the nature that Taika Waititi is trying to capture with this film. Um, but also just the the other sort of the the um, the human actors as well are are just brilliant. The two police officers that come in yeah, with yeah, during yeah. the disturbance, <laughs> it is it's it's one of those it's one of those scenes where you're on the edge of your seat because you're like, oh no, the stakes are really really high at this part of the film because you know um, Viago's hypnosis could wear up wear off at any moment and they could catch these vampires, but they're just going around going, oh, there's not a smug to take off there's fire is it? Just kind of going around doing that. It's, it's just this wonderful little moment where you're just seeing these two police officers just kind of like being just regular beat cops in the midst of all this insanity. And I think my, my favourite moment is 
has only got Stu and the zombie in it. Oh, yeah. Oh, when they're at yeah. the ball. And you're seeing this absolute mosh pit going on where all the vampires and that dancing, swinging each other around. The camera just slowly pans to the right. And there's the mirror and the zombies kind of waving like that. Oh, and that was so good. Zombie and Stu in the mirror. And I'm just, I'm howling. I'm howling at this. And like my girlfriend has to like put the, put the scene back. She's like, I missed what happened. I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> but I think, yeah, just all the supporting actors, I think, in this film are just as good as the main cast. And I think that's what Taika does really, really well in his films. There's not, a, it's not a leading man, leading lady, leading whatever film. It's a, it, it is a complete, just ensemble based piece. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I like to see like some of the side character, like even just like when they're walking, when they first go out. And there's like the, wee, the two wee girls, and he's like, "Yeah, so you're gonna you're gonna kill some pedophiles tonight." And it's like, "Yeah, yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna kill some pedophiles." <laughs> and you're like, "Oh god!" And then just that woman who's like eating someone, and she's like, "Oh, this is yeah, this is just oh, excuse me, so I was eating my colleague from my work, and you're just it's just so like nonchalant and so normal, and just like oh yeah, it's going on, just just eating off my boss." I, I love how they do it all, and like even like the wee kind of. Like, we looks at the camera like, <laughs> like, oh. And then they couldn't get that. Well, everyone's invited him in. <laughs> <laughs> I know. He's like, no, fuck off. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I thought everyone did great. I love Viagra. I think he's my favourite scene. When he first comes out the coffin. <laughs> 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 it's like, I can stop. It's just like, uh, trying. I guess one of my favourite scenes. And then when he like, goes to wake up Peter and he's like, Oh, this is just a little spinal column over there. That's gross. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, there's so many funny bits in it, and I think all the cast works so well together. And uh, it's just one of those films you can watch anytime, and just it really yeah, cheers you up. I think my favorite part was when um, he was doing that <laughs> erotic dance, but the other two were just like, <laughs> <laughs> just like it was normal, and it was like. And he was just like, you ruined it, thanks. But he was like going on for so long and there was just nothing to say. And there was just nothing reacting like, this is what he always does, like kind of thing. It was just like the norm for them. Yeah, and that was my favourite part. And obviously I liked the werewolves. I thought the werewolves were great. And I think like, I didn't expect to go back to them. So then when it went back to them, I was like, oh my God, yeah. So that just shows that the performances were so strong that you kind of invested in them. So then when they returned, you were like kind yeah. of wanting it to, their story to progress. And then obviously at the end, it was kind of like a nice little ending where they kind of both came together. And it was yeah. like, even though they weren't main characters and a main focus of the story, because the performances were so good and it was like kind of captivating in the comedy, when it when they kind of returned, you were excited to see them again because you're like, oh my God, these guys are back. <laughs> Um, but, yeah. that, that's what the film does really really well it's not just there's not a throwaway joke it's not like yeah. this is here to, for a quick laugh it will yeah. be expanded on later even if it is you know like the the vampire hunter getting to the flat yeah. or the the police returning at the end with yeah. after the werewolf attack or yeah. or just the, the the werewolves themselves coming back and they're they're not there for being you know werewolves they're there for it's a self-help group which oh, is just a brilliant taking a world back. <laughs> when they're training each other up on the trees. It's like, oh, I forgot my lock. He's like, why did you, why did you have a combination lock? <laughs> There's silly I think, things like that. I think the casting overall was brilliant in the sense of like, 
as as Craig was saying, like we, there's so many different like mockumentary things out there. But I think it's I think it's such a special talent to get comedic to like. I always forget, like Modern Families, a mockumentary that like you forget yeah. because it's only they only do go to the camera a couple of times. But for me, I think Ty Burrell is an absolute master. Like, see the wee tiny glances it has at the camera that give you like proper belly laughs. Um, and I think Ty has got the comedy chops. And like, as you say, like just as he's rising out, it's the wee kind of oh, like, it's, it's like oh, <laughs> it's like awkward, but it's it, it, it works. And I think. I, for me, I don't think there was a weak link. I think they all had that really special comedy talent in the sense of this, it works in that kind of style. Because I think as much as a mockumentary is hard to go, if it works, it's always brilliant in my opinion. Like You've got things like The Office, Parks and Rec, Modern Family, and now this, obviously I've watched this. I think it's, I think it's such a really, it's a difficult thing to pull off, but if you pull it off, it works tremendously. Do you find mm -hmm. that like, when it comes to mockumentaries and stuff, a bit like The Office and like, I suppose Alan Partridge is a little bit like that, although yeah. it doesn't really, they don't break the fourth wall or anything like that, but it's kind of, you find that it's, when when things are more improvised or, or have that sort of feel, they're, they're more quotable and you, you watch them more times. Yeah. yeah. It ends up being like part of your life and you use quotes like in, you know, amongst friends that are you know in on the joke kind of thing you find that with like the office a lot and other films that are it's it's a strange thing that happens with improvised stuff i think you because they're so they're not lines that you'd write they stick in your head more and then and then so i mean we've only watched it once but i imagine if you've watched it a few times you, you'd end up sort of you know using certain phrases or little yeah. Well, I guarantee there's at least one phrase that I'm going to be bringing up later that is going to be in my life for the rest of the my days because it's absolutely a bit. In fact, I'm going to tell you now. See, when they were talking about um, virgins, and he's like, oh, it's like when you want a sandwich and you know you're going to enjoy <laughs> yeah. it. I was like, that's so good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's exactly what you're saying. Like the, the lines themselves, they're not written, they are improvised, so they do. They do stick better and i think that's what that improv style lends itself really really well to because you know you could sit for ages and script this and it, it wouldn't come out as funny yeah. because yeah. it would just feel like another vampire film where they're yeah. trying to do their dark bidding mm. but then you've got... yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then you've got this and it's just it's it's those little it's making the mundane seem interesting yeah. When when the actual interesting thing is there's these supernatural creatures and vampires, but they're as as we started talking about at the start, they're chatting about doing the dishes. <laughs> That's another good quote as well, that where he's doing his dark bidding on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are you bidding on? Table. <laughs> well, it's a thing that it was that it was something that Taika and, and Jermaine Clement really wanted. They wanted that spontaneity. Like they, they, apparently they didn't share any of the script or the scenes with the people in, in the film. They, they kept that to themselves and they would just spring it on them on the day and they had to then obviously interact with what was going on. So it, it was properly spontaneous and improvised. And you're right, when those things happen, you, you have all these lines that you like, for example, are you pre-deceased? Like, that, 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 that stuck in my head. I, I love that line. So, so yeah, the little things like that, these are the ones that you really remember. And, and and yeah, it, it, it is wonderful just to see. The, I just like seeing people being creative. I, I like I like I like seeing actors really being let loose and being allowed to have that freedom on set. 
And I think that's something that obviously take and Andrew and Clint, they, they bring in the film, they're allowing their actors, they're trusting their actors to go off and just have a go and see what happens. And as we saw, 125 hours of, of that is absolutely wonderful. So, next game. I believe we have Andrew up next for a game that we're calling Name That Movie. Name that movie, very simple. I'm going to give you a movie quote. You tell me what movie it's from. Uh, so obviously we're doing a Halloween theme. We've got some vampire films. We've got some normal, um, just horror movies. So we'll start you off dead quick. I want to play a game. Oh. The guy with the cheeks. So, <laughs> so, anyway, I think to give this to Georgia. The guy with the cheeks is not the name of the film. <laughs> 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 credit for Sasha there. No, the guy with the cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> um, again we'll try I think this one will be considered a lot easier I'm your number one fan oh misery well done ah, yeah. see I thought The Incredibles tasty tasty beautiful fear we've got to be the size of the lambs or Anthony Hawkins or something like that Nope. Oh, I think it's no. Um, <laughs> no idea. No idea. <clears throat> it's from it. Yeah. Pennywise. Ah, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's four in the fucking morning. Hell's Kitchen. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can give you a clue to this one if you want. Yeah. yeah. So it's similar vein, it's a comedy horror film. No. It's four in the fucking morning. Oh, Shaun of the Dead. Yes, well done. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's the spot on it. Yeah, that's, that's, that's all it that comes down to. Um, the movies don't create cycles, movies make cycles more creative. I'm rubbish at movie quotes. Same. <laughs> it's, not, it's not Joker, is it? Joker, no. Oh, I was thinking that. Okay. This is one of, if not the most well-known horror film, I would say, anyway. Halloween. Nope. Oh. Friday 13th. <laughs> nope. I'm not sure. Nope. Oh. It's from Scream. Oh, oh, man. Yeah. oh, I've never seen cream. Uh, and we'll go to this one. Drink from me and live forever. Interview the vampire. Yes, well done, yeah. Sasha. Awesome. Wait a minute. Is, all right, okay, we'll, we'll go one more because yeah, everybody's, got, <laughs> yeah, everybody's, everybody's got one, so we'll go one more and see if we can get a winner. Uh, excuse me. Have you got two? I've got two. <laughs> all right, let's play for the door then. A PE teacher, man. Former PE teacher. <laughs> I'm Come on. So this one. I'm your boyfriend now, Nancy. Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. Yes. It <laughs> is indeed. We just watched all we of them. We just watched, literally binge watched all of them. <laughs> like. Do they hold up? Because I've not, I've not seen most of them no, for no, a while. No, no. No, they don't. Like oh, God. No. We've watched all of them and then now we're on 
Friday the 13th. They don't hold the pot. They don't. Oh, God, none of them make sense. There's no rules. We're like, well, the rules in this one. Yeah. Awesome. And that's us for Name That Movie. Yeah. Thanks, Andrew. Awesome. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to take the win for that one. My abysmal performance in the first game, I'm quite happy with that. <laughs> I'm going to retire from the games there. That's me. I'm done. I'm, I'm it was scary it. when I was looking up for these quotes because it made me realise how little I know about horror movies. Like, I know it's not my favourite genre, but I was like, I don't know half of these quotes. <laughs> uh, no, I don't, I, don't do, I don't do much horror either, actually, no. I mean, this one's fine because it's a comedy, but, yeah, it's not yeah. really my stuff. Yeah, um, I'm not, I have a major gap. That, that's where my uh, Paul Sturrock gaps are in, 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 in horror. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, so we were discussing before the, the TV show has anyone else actually watched the TV show for the spin-off that happened? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, I've seen up to episode nine, no, up to episode eight of the first series. I just watched it like yesterday and the day before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, as I said, highly recommend. Like, because the thing, it is a spin-off TV show, but Jermaine Clement's still heavily involved. Tiger comes and directs like a few of the episodes, so it's still very much the same kind of vibe as the film. I, I've interested people who have seen it. Would you prefer the TV show or the film? I prefer the film. I I'm a bit of a grouch when it comes to spin-off things. I don't like because there's there's definitely there's there's a, a curse when it comes to like mockumentary style things that if it goes on too long, it just loses that improv like magic. Which is why I prefer British Office instead of US Office because it's got those two or is it three good seasons and then it's perfect. It's done. It's wrapped up. Um, yeah. So I, I hope what we do in the shadows doesn't run for too long because right now it's good, it's really good, what and I don't want it to lose that same magic that it has from the film. What's it actually yeah. on? Can you, what can you stream it on? I'm sure it's on BBC iPlayer because I was looking to. Yeah. I was. I, was it is, yeah, I know. I I prefer the film, but I do like some of the episodes have been hilarious. Like there's mm-hmm. one where they they drink him. Um, I'm not going to ruin anything, but they, they drink someone who's been taking drugs and they're like, oh, we've had drug blood. <laughs> just off their face. And it's hilarious. So it's just, there's lots of wee bits like that that's funny, but I definitely think if you had to pick one, it's definitely the film. The film's fantastic. See, I didn't realise that it was different people because I thought Matt Berry, like I knew he was oh. in the TV series, so I thought he was on in the film and he looks yeah. kind of similar mm. to... Oh. So I was like, oh, of course Matt Berry's going to be the Lothario. And then it was like, no, 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 he's in the TV series, so I'm definitely going to watch that. Yeah, That's crazy. Oh, Matt, he's brilliant. Matt Berry, Matt Berry makes that show, man. He is, oh, the, the standout performance for sure for me. I absolutely love it. Uh, but oh, the, the episode that you'll see when you when you go into season two, because like, this is like, they get these amazing guest stars on it because they, they've got such pool now. And mm-hmm. So in season two, it's an episode with Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill comes on. And it's essentially a two-hander between him and Matt Berry. It is one of the best episodes of a sitcom or a mockument I've ever seen. I was absolutely killing myself laughing. It's so, so well done. And Mark Hamill, like, he's great. He's game for a laugh. Like, he just gets on with it, mm-hmm. uh, which, is, which is great. I love, I love when you see uh, movie stars coming and, like, just having a go and, like, and buying into the show and not thinking they're too big for it or... Like having a, having a little wink at it, like becoming or actually just investing in that and really, mm. really That's working. That's like my mm. yeah. That is my like, favorite. Like the stars they've got in there, like Kate Winslet, like her episode. It's like 
it's just amazing that you can just see these big Hollywood stars just taking the mick out of themselves. But it's just amazing that like Ricky Gervais is, you know, like kind of was under the radar for a bit and then The Office and then he's got these stars like in his show. And I think we watched that recently, didn't we? We watched Mm. extras recently and I think if they're just committed. I was was like, I was obsessed with Ricky Gervais like back when The Office first came out. So I'm 40 now. So I was like in my 20s when that came out. So it's like I would just... Everything he's done since then, I've been obsessed with. So that, that's why I like the mockumentary style stuff. Yeah. There were there were a few like shows around um, that were like it, but yeah, it's just yeah. I think he is the master. You see when he, t- he dips in and out of different, like even like stuff like Derek. I don't yeah. think it's well known as like um, the Office, but I think I, I think that's one of the best things he's ever made. It's so they did um, another one called. Life's too short, didn't they? With the really good, but no one seemed to latch onto that. Mm. that. That was that was really good. The fun yeah. thing I liked that came from extras was that it was obviously with yourself bringing up Kate Winslet in that episode. He talks about oh, he gets Kate Winslet to say oh, if you want an Oscar, you need to make a <laughs> you make this kind of film, and then she got nominated for it in real life. Yeah, <laughs> the, the Golden Globes. He's like, I told you, Winslet. Yeah. Also, maybe you dug it. Also, they had Lionel Blair on the uh, uh, Big Brother episode. Oh, he yeah. Then he actually went on Big Brother and was actually doing that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, to bring us back to some Halloween, we're going to go for the last game to get us back on the Halloween track. So, Joseph, trick or trivia, go for it. This game is called Trick or Trivia. I've got three questions related to vampire lore, and you've got to decide which one is either the true one or the false one. So it'll depend on the question. So our first one is going to be an easy one for all you English buffs out there. What is the collective noun used for a group of vampires? Is it A, a brood? B, a coven? C, a cult? Or D, a root? I know. Is it the first one? A right. brood. Mm. Is that what I you're like thinking? It's coming, coming up for witches, cults yeah. for weirdos. And, um... So I've got reasons behind each of these answers if you'd like to hear them. Okay, go for it. So the reason they're called a brood is a brood is a collective noun used for creatures that hatch, like snakes. Vampires were thought to hatch from bloated dead bodies. Oh. A coven is also used for witches, as you were correctly saying there, Sasha. Vamps were thought to be, not the band, the vamps, but vampires, were thought to be corrupted witches who rebelled against the church. Cults, it's, yeah, it's a given. It's a, you know, a cult. And root uh, was, it's kind of a more of a, a different term about how vampirism was thought to be rooted in the blood. Much like how you would kill a weed by pulling out the root, you'd have to drain a vampire's blood. So which one is the correct? term i'm going to let everyone else give their answer i think i'm pretty i'm 99 sure i know what it is because i grew up a wrestling fan and there happened to be a wrestling faction called the name of a group of vampires but i'll let other people decide what they think it is mm-hmm. first mm-hmm. i'm going i'm going brood yeah maybe the, the last one after cold no the, yeah the root 
Is that what you're thinking? Andrew, what is it then? <laughs> I think it's the brood. Yeah. Well, I can say everyone who answered brood is incorrect. Ooh. It is a coven of vampires. I'm sorry, it's a coven. There are there are places that do call it a brood, but the more accepted term is coven. No, I'm not having that. That's a point then. If people call it a brood. No. I'll give you half a point, Andrew, then, for your adamancy. That sounds like fake news, Joseph. Uh, <laughs> we'll take up with the council then. So, second question here. A steak to the heart or a slice of garlic bread could kill a vampire, but which of these methods is not used to combat vampires? Is it A, surrounding a vampire grave with poppy seeds, millet or sand? B, decapitating the body and placing the head between the feet, behind the buttocks, or buried in a different grave? Is it C, holding a holy symbol or holy book to the bare skin of a vampire? Or D, placing a lemon in the mouth of the corpse to prevent it rising as a vampire? Where are you finding these, like, the ones that aren't true? <laughs> I'm making them up. I hope it's the one that you made up about sticking the thing between the arse. So all of these have places of origin. <laughs> Would you like to know the places of origin from each of these? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So surrounding the grave, um, it comes from a European slash uh, Asian slash uh, Indian belief of um, surrounding the grave because they believe vampires and other uh, such spirits to have a thing called erythromania which is this obsession to count things. So decapitating <laughs> the body, placing it somewhere else, is, was a practice in Germanic and Slavic areas of Europe. Holding a holy symbol up to a vampire skin is in a small uh, country known as Barovia. That's a practice. And D, uh, placing a lemon in the mouth was a method from Saxon areas of Germany. So you're taking over fun fact or fake news from now on by the way, because I've got absolutely no idea what you was through and what's alive, and you're way better than me at this. Which one is not true? Um, I feel like the last one. I feel like the last one. Sesame Street. I'm going lemon. I'm going lemon as well. I'm going lemon because I feel yeah, like I'll go, I'll go all people want to but then it's like you're a vampire, just put a lemon in your mouth and you won't be able to get up. Like I just don't know. Yeah, I'll go lemon too. I feel like I'll just I'll go for the poppy seed curtain because that's a pile of crap, mucky. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> I must good. tell you all that you're all incorrect. Oh well, no way! It is actually. C, holding a holy symbol to the skin. I stole that from Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, yeah, I guess. But it's not really in Dungeons and Dragons, it's something I made up. Um, <laughs> but the, 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 the arithmomania, that is um, a believed way of combating vampires. The decapitation was believed, and the placing a lemon in the mouth to prevent the rising was believed as well. They also believed that nailing the body down with stakes made of aspen, uh, which was believed to be the wood that Christ's cross was made of, was another way to combat vampires. And because, you know, you so gracefully mentioned it as well, the final question of Trip <laughs> Trivia. Arguably the most terrifying character to live on the Sesame Street. Count <laughs> von Count has exhibited several supernatural powers. Which of these? is not a power the Count 
has demonstrated? Is it A, hypnosis? Is it B, preternatural counting skills? Is it C, pyrokinesis? Or is it D, flight? I don't think he set stuff on fire. That would be a bad example for children. Yes. Well, yeah. Exactly. So, so you know, the maths, yeah, maths. I, I, I'm sure I've seen him count. Well, mm. I've seen Dave Chappelle pretend to be him and count, so I'm assuming he does count. And he is called the count, so that would make sense. Um, what was the first yeah. one? Hypnosis. Yeah, I'm going that one. Hmm. I'm going fire. I, I'm, I'm sticking with fire. Otherwise, I'm writing a strong word letter to Sesame Street. Yeah. <laughs> so, Count von Count has never demonstrated his ability to fly. Oh. oh. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> somebody's chucked a puppet on Sesame Street. <laughs> There's no puppets on Sesame Street. They're all Muppets, Andrew. Come on. So whenever he counts, there is a flash of lightning, which is considered controlling fire as lightning is a form of heat. Pyrokinesis. So he's never flown. But in the early episodes of Sesame Street, he was shown to hypnotize other Muppets into getting them to count. This power has since then been discontinued. <laughs> so that is all for trick or trivia this week. Joseph trying to steal my job as usual, that's fine, no bother. I'm, I'm taking note of it, it's okay, that's fine. You'll be on less episodes from now when I think showed me up. Yeah. <laughs> right, so that's it for part two. We're going to be back for part three, we're going to be talking all about Charlotte. Welcome back to part three. Now, we are here to talk about the wonderful upcoming film Charlotte which is why Georgia and Martin are both here. They've suffered through the chat now, so they are now entitled to... I mean, it's, it's, not quite, it's not as bad as hot ones where you've got to eat, eat all the spicy food then have to get talk about your things. So at least... <laughs> uh, so, first question for you, because we, we, we've, all, we've all watched the trailer uh, beforehand and it looks absolutely brilliant, guys. Absolutely brilliant. Very, very good achievement that you've got going there. So... I know that you want to keep the, the plot under wraps because obviously from the trailer it looks very mysterious and the plot is obviously going to be unravelling as, as the movie goes on so you want people to experience that. But what can you tell us about Charlotte the film? Hmm. <laughs> this is the trouble with this because it's one of them where, you know, once the setup is happened, yeah. so you can explain how it starts but then after that yeah. you kind of left revealing too much it's yeah. been really tricky to sort we of we can explain how it starts so um basically it's a thriller drama and the story centralizes around charlotte who's a young teenage girl 12 13 and um so the movie starts and we kind of follow her walking so she's ran away from home and um, she has a very volatile relationship with her dad he's an alcoholic he's a bit abusive um, and she's quite vulnerable, fragile, and she leaves the house, and then we see her walking in um, a quite secluded area, um, and like then... North Yorkshire, just yeah, out in the middle of nowhere. Kind of yeah, thing. and then it starts to get dark, it starts to rain, she's cold, and I think she then decides she's too far gone, she's a bit lost, and she doesn't have access to a phone, so the only thing she can do is kind of seek refuge from any house that's nearby 
Um, because it is in the middle of nowhere, there is just like one kind of secluded cottage. So she approaches that and um, an older man, Roy, who's the um, other leading character, answers. He's a bit obviously hesitant at first because there's a young kid in the middle of the night at his house crying, saying, please let me stay. Um, so obviously he's kind of stuck between, you know, what he feels is right in the moment, but also you know, the repercussions of him having a kid in his house in the middle of the night that he knows nothing about. Um, so after a short conversation, he lets her stay. And then from that moment, we start to question whether she was actually safer outside in the middle of nowhere in the dark because his kindness isn't what it seems. So we learn more things about him that kind of question Charlotte's safety and whether she was actually safer with her abusive dad. So... That's all yeah, we can say. That's all we can say, but it's very <laughs> frustrating because it's 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 not. Uh, this is probably not <laughs> yeah. there's, there's, there's some really. You watch your film about. It oh. develops in a very interesting <laughs> way, but that's all we can say, really. Yeah. And it, and that's that's the problem we've got because we can't because on the surface it kind of looks quite, you know, kind of bog standard relationship between a young girl and a guy, and it's kind of. It's a bit more than that. That's what yeah. we can really say. So it, it's we, we wanting to keep it, hold it back, so that when people watch it, things are, you know, um, they learn about it as they kind yeah, of yeah. go along. But then yeah. it's going to be like so. We're, we're, we've got about eighty percent of it shot now. We're going to try and do a, a a trailer with the actual footage from from what we shot because the the original trailer is just a little. Um, promo thing that we made yeah um charlotte's outfits changed since then yeah you know like all that kind of thing so we, we've, we're working on a trailer this week but then again we're you struggling know, we, we're going to struggle because because if we introduce too many characters or yeah. show too much it, it could give it away a little bit so but yeah it's it's been it's been you know tricky every time someone says what's it about <laughs> Ah, a school kid, hey! <laughs> Don't ask me. <laughs> that's what it's like. But yeah, I think that's the the setup of the film, anyway. Yeah, I mean, from the from the trailer, like very intriguing. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm like, yeah, I want to watch this now, definitely. <laughs> I find out all, all, all about Charlotte and what's what's going on with her for sure. So, how did you two come together to to write this together, and also where did the idea come from in in, in general? Um, well. I've, I've kind of always wanted to make a film. I always told everyone I'm going to make a film one day and just never got around to it. I've always done other things like music videos and ended up getting into kind of filming posh weddings and sort of jetting around doing that. But um, I, I sort of, one night was just like, all right, that's it. I'm going to, I'm going to make a start kind of thing. So it's pretty much just over a year ago now, just kind of, sat back on this sofa with my phone and just started typing with a bit of a treatment and then um, and it just it seemed to the idea just kind of it was like it were given to me it weren't it weren't like a what 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 can i do with like my limited you know limited equipment or locations and stuff like that just an idea that came to me and then um i think i got in touch georgia got in touch with me before I'd even written the script, I'd just got a 15 page treatment for it. And then um, I'd made like a little poster, put it on Instagram. I didn't have no, no um, experience in casting or where to find actors. It was just like a whole new little mission for myself. And then Georgia got in touch pretty early on 
um, because you were kind of... Yeah, I was kind of stuck. So I, my background's in musical theatre. And then just about this time last year, maybe a bit before, I just decided I wanted to try and get into TV and film just because it's something I've always been interested in. But I think when you get... When you're down like the theatrical route and you're singing, dancing, acting, you kind of get stuck and branded in that, you know, theatre bubble. So I thought the best way to approach it was to kind of, you know, go on Mandy and do like free student films, try and get some like DIY showreel. Um, And I never knew if I was any good at it or anything like that. I never had any experience. And I realised I was struggling a lot because at the time I was 23, but I looked 10 so he was like hello great so I can't get any child roles because I'm not a child because we want authentic children then I can't get any parts my own age because I look like a kid so I was like well this is failing so I came across the casting call and it was like um my favorite genre is like horror thriller drama like that's my favorite kind of I love gritty like dramas and I saw the poster and it was just like um, need an, an experienced like actor although that's not really essential must be like over 21 but must look 12 I was like oh my god thank <laughs> you this is, this is the only thing that's ever going to happen where it's like Georgia there you go child but needs to be over 21 so I was like hello there um, so this is just I'm just here now so <laughs> please accept my CV and he was like oh yeah, yeah. I was like no no just please it was it was <laughs> because as you know when you're writing you kind of picture the characters in your head what they look like and when I looked at George's showreel it was like oh that's the girl that's actually the girl and I didn't even it didn't, I didn't even want you to self team for it or anything because I thought that that's her that's 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 the girl that needs to be in, in the film. But then we, after this, um, we we got together with another actor, and we I'd just booked a, an Airbnb from like Friday till Sunday, and we shot like the first twenty pages of my script, and then over time, after when we were doing the Indiegogo and stuff, it was kind of like um, it just weren't feeling right. I think we both knew. George is really talented at writing and, and coming up with stories. So I was like, well, do you want to rewrite it with me and we'll remake it kind of thing? And that's what this last year's been. It's been just, we, we put off writing it for so yeah. long. I think we cast the whole thing <laughs> and, and um, you know, got, got even got locations sort of before we'd even written the actual script. Yeah. Um, so I think we, given the script out like about a week before we were due yeah, to film week, the first. Two weeks. But, but I think it worked in our favour because we had yeah. the actors so we knew who was saying what. So when it came to developing each individual character's language, we know what actor was gonna portray it. So yeah, all their accents. Yeah, and I think with yeah. lockdown as well, we started casting in January and we didn't actually fully have a cast until like July so it was like we had the time to really work with the actors and and get the right people for them parts and then when we came to writing it I think we printed it out at draft seven I think yeah. but we knew what actors um were playing which characters so we were able to like create the language for them at the characters based on the actors so we knew that when we got there it was kind of written 
with their mannerisms and taken into account. So it, it worked out for the best. We didn't intentionally do it that way. No, we were just being, we're just being a bit lazy. lazy. Yeah. <laughs> and then we were like, if anyone asks, yeah, they're watching all the Nightmare on Elm Street. And we thought, if anyone asks, we'll just be like, yeah, yeah, that was completely what we were meant to be doing with our new method. We've discovered what <laughs> we were lazy. And we were mm -hmm. like, oh, oh, we better write it now. God, didn't turn up. And, uh, but yeah, I think that's kind of how it, how it came about. So I was originally on board just as an actor and then Martin asked me to rewrite it and die. And then she direct. actually pretty much did rewrite it. I just sat there and watched her <laughs> write it off. <laughs> it's like she yeah. ended up knowing the story better than me. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, I've got an oh right, no, that's better. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I, I remember I remember this being advertised on, on, on social media, uh, for sure. And I, I, I remember you got quite a high volume of submissions for, for, your, for your audition, for, uh, for your, all the parts that you had. So you, I, I remember seeing on social media that you were praised for your yes or no approach that you had when you were, when you were casting this. Can you tell me why you felt that was important to, to do that for all the actors? Yeah, I think it's, it's just so important to me like because obviously I'm an actor and I just thought oh, it, it's just so degrading and it, you feel deflated and it's like even when you don't I'd rather get a rejection than not hear anything at all and then see a, an announcement or see it so I'm like oh right so I just spent this time especially when you get to an audition stage or a recall stage um, like there's been a few auditions that I've done where it's been like based on the character write your own monologue and perform it etc and then you don't hear back and it's just a bit like oh am I doing something wrong am I not what what kind of is it and then it's on tv yeah and then you're like oh so I didn't get that part then <laughs> thanks it's just there on tv and you're like oh I wonder if I'm in there thanks and um, so I think it really started to get to me and I think I, I don't know I just thought well I'm gonna I'm just gonna do it myself and it literally is just me and Martin is the crew and I took it upon myself to just do yeah, a yes or no from a submission stage. So, well, obviously we didn't know at the time the volume of, of people we would get. So for the first kind of bank of auditions, we put the casting call out for a week and we got 1,800. So I replied individually, me, <laughs> to 1,800 emails. Because um, I thought, and you know what? <laughs> I was like, are you sure you're doing it? I was like, yeah. Because I thought, well, you know, I'm going to do it. And if I can do it, and managed to get back to these 1800 people then you offered, you offered uh, <laughs> um, yeah, a crazy yeah. person yeah you offered um advice to feedback, feedback from yeah. it as well so it wasn't yeah i don't know why i did it <laughs> yeah i think it's just because i just thought well i would i would kind of want that and i think approaching it from an actor's point of view i think people especially because it was during lockdown as well and there was nothing else going on and people had lost, you know, contracts, jobs, etc. I just, I don't know, I just feel like I believe, especially if you get to an audition stage, you should at least be told, even if it's a generic email that is sent out and it's not personal, even if it's just, unfortunately, we're not taking you further any, like this, you for this role. Um, it's just, even if it's just generic, I just feel like it just gives that person a bit of closure and mm. think right on to the next one. Um, so yeah, it was it was crazy. Like there was one day where 
I, I got kicked out of Gmail because this, I was emailing and emailing and emailing like a maniac. And then this message came up and it was like, you've hit your limit. You can only send 500 emails per 24 hours. And I was like, time for bed. <laughs> I was just there like a crazy person. But yeah, I think, I think that we got a lot of respect as well from, from actors for that because yeah. we took the, I just we sat just there doing time. nothing. No, <laughs> 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 yeah, you brought me cups of tea in and stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think it's just from an acting point of view, I just felt like I owed it to everyone. And I, I think as well, because this is our first film and so many people sent us like material in and, and I thought, well, who are we? Like you're, yeah, you're yeah, wanting to, to yeah. yeah. And I just <laughs> felt like I owed them a thank you for acknowledging us as filmmakers and making us feel like our project was interesting enough for somebody to want to be in. So I think I just felt like I owed it to everybody to kind of, you know, say thank you and acknowledge that they kind of submitted themselves. Yeah, and yeah, great respect for you for doing that, definitely. And I'm sure everyone who auditioned for the film will have greatly appreciated that yes or no response. As you said, closure is important in these, in these things, especially in these times. You want to know where you stand with people and you want to know, if, if, as you said, if you did something wrong or whether you could have done something to improve. Because it's all about self-improvement. You want to improve as an actor, as a performer, and you want, you want to know what you can do to do that because you want to be successful. So, uh, and actually, believe it or not, guys, it inspired me when I, when I saw that the whole process happening. Uh, for this show, I took a yes or no approach as well because of, of what you guys did. And I made sure that everyone who applied to be part of this show was told uh, if they were successful or not. So, uh, yeah, so it, it's good. So it's had an impact, and I hope it has an impact on actual cast and directors it, it, uh, higher up in the industry as well, hopefully. Jo Georgia, what was it like to... I know you're not quite finished yet, but to have this cast of Charlotte, what was it like to play her? Whatever you can tell me again, whatever you can tell me again. But yeah, what, what was it like to play her? Well, <sighs> well, you're you're directing it as well, aren't you? Pretty much. I mean, we're kind of fifty fifty, but like, Mark, 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 what are you doing? Sorry, Mark. Mark <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He drives. No, I think. From a character point of view, it is it has been really difficult mentally and emotionally because... Yeah, I, I used to think that were like a bit pretentious when people said that, but I've seen like Georgia, you know, it's, it's, it has affected you a lot. Yeah, it, it really has. I think it's because, you know, like I never wanted to thought of myself as one of them actors that's like, oh yeah, it's really like you take it home with you kind of thing. I think it's from my musical theatre background, I tend to just like, you're on stage, put it on, there's an audience there and you know, you do a bit of work towards it. But I think because I'm so invested in this and a year of my life has been creating this character and writing the language and what happens to her and her journey, I'm so connected to it that I felt so prepared as in, yeah, I know what happens. I know who she is. But then when it came to it, it was that pressure of, oh my God, if it's rubbish, it's my fault. But then also I wrote it and also I directed it. So it's my, my fault. And I think as well, it just drained me so much because the character just goes through so much and as well, because I had to be conscious that I was playing a 12-year-old, 
it was kind of like, right, if I was 12 and in this situation, how would I feel? And it really just, it, there was times when I had to just go off and yeah. and just Some have scenes. a moment because I was like, I can't. Yeah. And we've done obviously research into some of the themes, I won't say too much, um, you know, in terms of like children. And it, it just was to take that with you because we want it to be authentic and real because of the content of it. I think you can't, you know, we didn't want to do something um, insensitively. So I think it just really, it just affected me. But it, I think- It affected me because like, I'm there looking at a, on a monitor whilst it's being played out. And it, I actually had to sort of, I got emotional watching it unfold like this some of the scenes unfold in front of me and I had to sort of put the camera down and give her a hug and stuff because it was just some of the stuff were just really like traumatizing yeah I think I think though it's as well it's because I couldn't just commit to obviously I'm, I'm committed to the character but then I had to get in that moment and, and try and be as raw as possible but then step out and then direct the other actors and then overwatch what I've just done and then step back into it and then relive what I had to relive to get into that moment again. It, it So it was yeah. very chopped up. So it's like what could have, you know, the, my process of getting into that emotional state to just as an actor be in it and then be caught and redirected and go again. I had to take myself out of it to observe performances, story, what was going on, and then put myself back into it and then re-go again. So I think it was just... Mm. draining but I think really rewarding in a way because I feel like I feel like well, I think I'm better got... for it I feel yeah. more experienced I feel like I'm proud of, of my performance what I've what I've managed to do and I think yeah I think it was it's been exhausting and really difficult I think but... it's been exhausting for, for both of us yeah. as well because like like you mentioned earlier it's just us so you know all the lighting and the sound and the camera is me and and all the yeah. acting and directing story sides Georgia so like we, we kind of on not intentionally but kind of end up splitting down the middle with that directing yeah. where you kind of be on the you know the story side and and you know cutting lines and coming up with different you know little mini scenes that we you know we'd improvise and stuff like that whereas I was kind of more like the visuals side and you know the you know, thinking about what what to do with the camera to, yeah. to 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 kind of you know more DOP sort of side of things, but it it, it is so it, it's it's one of those things I think um, until you do it you don't realise why there's such a long list of credits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when when it's two yeah. of you, and, yeah. it's like, and I think you can be. You can be as prepared as you want to be. You can be the most prepared person in the world. But then when you get there, it kind of goes out the window because you're like, oh, my God, I'm here now. And I think when you've invested a year of your life and, you know, obviously we've been through lockdown as well. So that's taken, you know, that's been quite emotional for us in different ways. And I think, and then you're at this point where it's like, it's now or never, right? We've paid for it. Everyone's turned up, go. It's like, oh God, it just, you start to panic about things that you never thought you would panic about because it's kind of like a now or never situation because it's like, you kind of want to prolong it for as long as possible because, you know, part of you's scared of 
of doing it because everybody knows about it and you're kind of like yeah we're doing this film and here's a little here's the cast and here's what it's about and then you're thinking oh no people are uh, expecting something now and when there's just two of us yeah you feel like the pressure, pressure's yeah. on because you can't go oh it wasn't it was not our fault it was it's this know, guy's fault <laughs> <laughs> it's all. Yeah. so funny you're like honestly bloody sound guys yeah oh it. my it was that it was that sound guy because it's all literally also i think i think it's we've taken a break from it and then we're coming back to it this week for a trailer because i think it was just, and obviously me watching my own performances back, when you're just an actor and then it's done and you get it, you don't you don't have any opinion on it. That's what it is. But when you've got 12 takes and you've said the one certain word different with a different inflection, you don't know anymore. You're like, because we're editing it as well. I'm like, I don't know. I just, I don't know. And then I'm like... Yeah, I suppose it's different, isn't it? If you're an actor, you, yeah. you, you, go, on, you go on set, film it, go home, and then wait, for, wait to see what the what's been done yeah. whereas we're like living it the whole way through so it's, yeah. so I think at some point when we're editing I think it's probably going to have to be me saying yeah. no sure <laughs> it's good enough that one yeah. better than that one <laughs> yeah yeah so just to finish off guys I mean from what you're saying like we, we want to see it. We, we we want to get we want we want to see this film one day, and we really wish the best of luck in getting it finished. Obviously, because times are tougher now, and you want to get back on set like we all do and keep going with it. So, what what is next for the film? Is it just, is it just a case of getting back on set and carrying on, and then what what, what about after that? And what what's the plan for the film? Well, we've we've got um, all of your scenes with the other main character um, played by Dean, so that's all you know finished. Yeah. Um, we've got kind of a few other scenes that are all sort of finished as well, but we've, we've got like little pick-up scenes with Dean and another actor, a couple of other actors actually, yeah. and then we've got a whole um, kind of different part of the film, you know, like to, to film that's sort of unrelated to Yeah, the main, with all the characters the that we haven't been able to work with yet because of, of lockdown, so I think there's there's eighty percent of it's done, but we were due to film last week, but had to cancel. Um, so I think we're just we're just waiting to to get back and complete it. We want it to be done early next year. Um, yeah, January, February. Yeah, I think we want. You know, there's different routes we want to go down, but I think obviously it all depends on what's going on at the minute. Because obviously, um, we've thought about maybe trying to distribute it because I think big content's not being made anymore. It's been postponed. So, you know, we've, we've heard that other distributors are taking applications from indie filmmakers because they don't have content to give out. So that's always an yeah. option to try and go down. But then we do quite like the idea of submitting it into festivals um, and getting our actors, like, seen in that kind of way. So I think once it's done, I think we're just going to reevaluate what's happening like with the climate and then go from there. I don't think we're in any rush. I think as well, because it's us doing it, there's no time limit. Obviously we want to get it completed and when we've got the footage, um, we're eager to kind of go through it. But I think we've got the the time to really get it done right and not push it out for any sort of festival deadline. It's quite a few of them. If the film's made within like three years, you can still submit so if we don't quite make the deadlines next year we can go for it the year after so we we're just going to take our time editing trying to yeah. get it as 
as good and as it's, you want. It's a tricky one because because you kind of want to you want that dream of like it going to Netflix or something like that. But then you know if you do that, you kind of missing out on the you know the nice you know it's in festivals and yeah. um, winning some awards or, or you know getting some kind of recognition in that way. So it's 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 an odd thing to think about, I think. But it, that that part's going to be the exciting part. Yeah. Because then, because when you've got something, it's like, well, what do we do with this now? Yeah. Where, where do we, who, who do we, you know, where do we take it from there? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, honestly, guys, we wish you the best of luck with it. We really do. <laughs> like, honestly, good for you for carrying on and keeping on going and just. <laughs> we're going to get someone out there, and yeah, wish you the best of luck of getting back to it, and hopefully you can get it all finished up and set out. And as soon as, as soon yeah. as it's ready to share. Yeah, stuff, we'll send yeah. you a trailer to it. Oh, brilliant. Oh, awesome, awesome. Yeah, yeah, looking forward to seeing that. So, we'll finish up there with, as always, the life lesson that we can take from this episode, that we can take from what we do in the shadows if we go back to, to what we do in the shadows. So, life lesson again is genuine this week because it's a good film, so it's got to be a genuine life lesson. That, that's, that's the rule of thumb that I'm going with now, I think. So, this one actually links as well to, of course, uh, Georgia Martin too, and all the people out there who are currently struggling with this lockdown, especially in, in the industry. And it's just a case of looking at person like Taika Waititi and seeing their through lines from the short films, the independent films, all the way up to those massive blockbuster films. It is possible. All you need to do is just keep working hard. And most importantly, as we said in the episode, stay true to who you are and stay true to, to what your vision is. Uh, for that film or whatever you're working on so that's the life lesson you've got to just keep going keep pushing forward stay true to who you are and one day hey you might achieve the impossible yeah <laughs> <Yay>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm going to run for president I think in 2024